0: Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines for Wednesday, the 22nd of September. Lead story in the Herald today, taxi peace accord in flames. A group of disgruntled taxi drivers lined their vehicles outside the City Hall in Kleberge yesterday to make their threat to e hailers clear. Get off the streets of Nelson Mandela Bay or face the consequences. But e hailing drivers have vowed to defend themselves against acts of violence and intimidation, particularly after a driver's vehicle was set alight this week. That's the lead story in The Herald for today, Wednesday, the 22nd of September, 2021.
1: Each one of us has a story to tell and a story to share. A story that deserves to be heard. A story that inspires, motivates and gives people a reason to keep going. A story about our triumphs as individuals and as a team. A story about our humble beginnings and what the future holds for us. A story about our heritage and that which brings us together. It is these stories that connect us. The Herald.
0: Whatever you live for, we live to tell that story for you. One of the stories that have recurred in the Herald newspaper, as well as other publications during the course of the past few months, and it seems to have gotten worse and worse, is the story about vandalism in Nelson Mandela Bay. We're not just talking about historical icons, we're talking about schools, we're talking about public recreations, parks, and also, of late, the story about the Wool Board, which was the former council chamber, having been rendered unusable as a result of vandalism. We're joined now by the member of the mayoral committee for Nelson Mandela Bay municipality, Councillor John Best. Uh, Mr. Best, thanks for joining us. This is a tricky problem. What are you going to do about it? Because it has major ramifications for the city.
2: Morning, Darren, and, and to all the listeners, yes, it does. Uh, let, let, let me start by saying that under, under lockdown level five, we, we were hit with this um, Phenomena. So what happened is everybody stayed at home. And unfortunately, the homeless people had no home to stay. And I don't say it's all the homeless people that are causing the vandalism. But then the criminals also then started using this as a um, sort of a... Uh, undercover operation because nobody was watching them.
0: Why was no one watching them, John?
2: The the thing is, Darren, and first, let, let's go to lockdown five. Um most people except the which which would have been then the South African police service and the security services would have been um out out on the streets. But I just want to put it into perspective. You know that we have close on four thousand I'm just talking about the municipality. We have close on four thousand thousand municipal facilities and we only have a capacity to guard 123 of them because that is where because of the movement so when there was movement every day there wasn't a problem because you would see if something was wrong but now everybody was locked up in their homes and nobody was really seeing what was happening and we we then started seeing this when the substations were being vandalized because now people didn't have work they they needed to get some kind of income and they were vandalizing the substations for the copper and we then realized that we have this massive massive problem and uh, subsequent to that we've had several meetings and we have put uh, some measures in place which i'll gladly share with you
0: John, my problem here, though, is that it goes beyond substations. The, one of the greatest public facilities that Port Elizabeth, Nelson Mandela Bay had was the St George's Park swimming pool. No copper pipes there. The water's even gone. There's no paint anywhere. There aren't door frames. How does this happen?
2: Yeah, you see, the un, under the under the you, you're hundred percent correct. And under the um, um, the buildings that were protected with physical guards uh st george's park was not one of them it never had been because it was a facility that that was frequented every day and it was not necessary but unfortunately now uh, the the um i'm sorry i'm just killing my phone unfortunately when the when the um with lockdown we've we've this is when we realized that this is what's happening we you know Everybody's saying employ more guards. Guards are not going to do the the, the 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 thing. So what we have done is we've done the following: we we've taken it's been a long process, and it was driven by Maya Banga, and we have now uh, a contract has been awarded to four security companies where Port Elizabeth, as I'm talking about the municipality it, itself has been divided into four specific areas.
0: Are you going to guard all municipal facilities? No.
2: There, there is a, so what they've done is uh, the directorates have given us their 10 top priorities because uh, it, it, it's going to cost us like 7 million rand at the moment. So we've set aside 7 million rand in the budget for this year and we've, I, we're identifying the top 10 priorities. But naturally, with the substations, we are going to the top 30 so we are guarding the top 30 substations that, that are vulnerable, according to the directorate. And then uh, ESRAC, which is the Department for Sports, Arts and Culture, have given their list and they are currently installing alarms in, the, in those facilities. Then I want to say that there was a facility in, in Motherwell that um, a community hall that in within two weeks it, it disappeared from the roof to the floor, gone. and. Speaking to speaking to my counterparts throughout the country, this is not a Nelson Mandela phenomenon. phenomenon. It's happening all over. The, the, uh, uh, you, you can read um, the the report of um, Sunday and of last two weeks ago. Substations up in 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 in, in Gauteng, are just being vandalised because people are after the copper for for the. So we've got to come up with ideas and we've got to protect this because a substation, let's take a substation close to Aspen that's down, those people could lose up to a million Rand in production per day.
0: I understand, but John, I'm still going to steer you back to the tourism, parks, recreation side of things. I'm going to be chatting to the CEO of Nelson Mandela Bay Business Chamber, Denise Van Hastien, in a few minutes, and doubtless she'll focus on the substations. When is St George's Park swimming pool going to be usable again? When's it going to get a lick of paint? There's vandalism there, and along with vandalism, there's also been incidents of physical violence, assaults. This is happening at the venue that homed the oldest cricket match in South African history, the oldest rugby match in South African history. And it, it just seems to be going to rack and ruin and nothing is changing.
2: Yeah, Darren, just, just to tell you, yesterday there was an operation um, which the MMC for Public Health and the security services of us, the Metro, went and uh, they, cleaned up, um, they, they cleaned up the, the area of um, St. George's Park, not for the first time, and they removed all the homeless people that there were. Within four hours they were all back again, because social development have not created a facility for homeless people in the city. So there is no way that they can be taken. They, you can't arrest them because being homeless is not a crime. So what do you do with them? And this is the issue that we are sitting and we have a committee that chair is chaired under the, the, the COO's office that looks at the bylaw enforcement. And on a daily basis, on a daily basis, they remove some of the 4,500 homeless people on our streets and try and put them into shelters and give them food and try and bring them back to, the, to, to their to their families. John, that's Within laudable. Weeks, those people are back.
0: That's laudable, but it still doesn't solve the problem of vandalism. It still doesn't repair that which has been vandalized in the city and affects our reputation as, if nothing else, even a tourism destination. We talk about tourism
2: being the big driver of the economy in the future. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. Darren, we've we've also gone, and I'm glad you're talking to Denise Haistian, because we've gone into a collaboration with the business chamber to see where we could use their expertise to try and assist us. And as you say, it's not just substations. It is all, all municipal facilities. We have councillors' offices that have been broken into seven times during this period, seven times. So that is why we are going the physical route of the physical alarm, so that some of, of the, the uh, security staff that were in-sourced that we could free them up. I also want to say, we have not sat, just sat back and nothing's happened. There have been various arrests and numerous arrests, and 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 in one of the the the, the, the arrests is where people dug up a a the, the cable of the uh, robot, uh, the traffic lights in Stamford Road, and they were found guilty. And the magistrate has now asked for the investigating officer and the executive director of of electricity to come and give um, evidence because of the seriousness of this crime because the, uh, that is punishable punishable up to 15 years under the new act and as i said it, it's all over and we are trying we're setting up we've got we've got uh i'm talking about from the police now we are meeting with the south african police service uh, from the from the metro side meeting with the south african police service to come up with ideas how we are going to address this but honestly um yeah, regarding, regarding uh, St. George's Park, um, which falls under the ESRAC, the, they are uh, doing it. I do not know what they're doing about the pool, and I think that uh, it would be good if you could get the, the MMC for ESRAC to, to respond on that, because I don't have their the, 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 the vision or their facts what they're doing. My, mine is that we must look after and see if what we can do to protect the facilities now.
0: All right, John, we're going to leave it there. But as I said, it goes beyond substations, from libraries to sports centres, public pools, buildings around the airport and even schools being destroyed and carried away by vandals brick by brick. And the citizens of Nelson Mandela Bay look to their leaders to solve the problem that it doesn't carry on, and also to repair the damage that has been done. Thank you for your time this morning, a member of the Mayoral Committee for Nelson Mandela Bay, Councillor John Best. We're going to be catching up with the CEO of Nelson Mandela Bay Business Chamber, Ms Denise van Heistien, in just a moment. Thank you, John. Joined now on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann by the CEO of Nelson Mandela Bay Business Chamber, Ms. Denise Van Hastien. Denise, good morning. We're talking about the scourge of vandalism, which is just getting worse and worse around our city. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thanks Darren. Thanks very much for inviting me to check to you today.
0: I'm very pleased to have you join us as well, particularly to talk about the business angle and the effects that vandalism have. With Councillor John Best a little earlier, we were talking about public facilities, libraries and so on. You represent business in the city. What sort of effect is vandalism having on business and what sort of solutions can be put in place to stop it from occurring?
1: Yeah, so vandalism has been a major problem, especially since um, the advent of COVID. We've noticed a massive increase in, in vandalism of infrastructure. And one of the particular areas where we are focused is on um, substations and cable theft. Um, It's unbelievable. People are even stealing infrastructure inside the substations. And um, the problem with this cable theft as well is when that happens, it, it causes Uh, manufacturing operations and businesses to go down. And we've even had one of our member companies going down for more than a week where they were unable to produce because of this issue of cable theft.
0: Possible solutions in the pipeline. How can this problem be addressed? We can't allow it to go on.
1: No, No, we can't because, I mean, we need, as business, we need to operate in an enabling environment and we've got every possible challenge you can imagine. We've got a water crisis and then you have a lot of electricity challenges and it's not just the cable theft, we've got power surges, you know, at, and the cost of electricity and so on. So we as business, we actually got together with um, some of the stakeholders, including the municipality. We have an electricity task team, and we looked at what solutions could be implemented. And the outcome of that might seem a bit extreme, but what we're in the process of doing, and it should be finalized within the next few days, is we're signing a memorandum of understanding with the municipality, which enables companies to take over and adopt substations that are in their area of operation. So essentially that would um, entail them extending their security from their own operations to those substations so that they're able to guarantee ongoing supply to their operations. So it's quite extreme, but, um, but we need to do that in order to ensure the continuity of business operations.
0: Denise, you mentioned COVID. John referred to it in his chat with us as well. Did these problems not exist before COVID or has it just become more of a problem since COVID? And prior to, to it becoming such a big problem, how was it dealt with?
1: It's, it's been an issue for a number of years, but it seems to have escalated since COVID happened. So I think with the advent of COVID, you've seen a relaxation and and I think you know, basic law and order is obviously something that that's critical. But somehow, this it seems to have created a gap for these syndicates to to really um, escalate uh, what they're doing in terms of crime against business and against the community.
0: Can you tell me the memorandum of understanding which you're about to enter into? Ideally, kicks in when from the first of November, first of October. What have you guys got in mind?
1: Well, we we've been it's, we've been working with our lawyers and their lawyers, okay. and we. We've now aligned on the content of the MOU, and I'm hoping that we'll sign that over the coming days, which means probably during the course of next week, um, we could start moving ahead um, on this initiative. So the companies that are interested, and we have a number lined up already, then they would interface directly with the municipality then to make those arrangements for their substations.
0: Denise, what immediately jumps out at me is the possibility of a clash. Conflict between private security companies and, and syndicates at substations. Would that not require the involvement of the South African police services at some point?
1: Yeah, I think they, they're involving all the parties, Darren. So so this is not something that's been done in isolation. So so all the security companies that are involved would, would definitely be linked into, into SAPS as well. Um and maybe something I should also mention in terms of while we're on the topic of vandalism. As another initiative that we're involved in as business is you, um, you know if you look at the schools and and I think you mentioned earlier that there's been lots of vandalism at schools yeah and in particular copper pipes have been stolen and this has um, it, um, escalated the problem around uh, the water crisis where schools are responsible for a massive loss of water in the city so we lose thirty five percent of our um, water is lost to leaks and of the combined loss of water 10 percent of that happens at schools so we've also as business we've been adopting um, schools where we've actually gone in and we've uh, sorted out the plumbing and replaced the copper with other types of um, materials and um, you know so that we can also uh, uh, reduce the water loss so that's also another outcome in terms of vandalism and the impact it has
0: let me ask you in terms of overall challenges faced by business in nelson mandela bay where does this one rank (laughs)
1: It's it's high up on our list. Um, In fact, we recently um, re-looked our um, task teams and we've added safety and security as a new task team because we've recognized that in addition to the issues around water, electricity, uh, transport and logistics, uh, safety and security is becoming a, a very big problem. So we've set that task team up. And we, we the initial priority of that task team is this issue of cable theft, but we will expand it to other areas because as business, we need to operate in a safe and secure environment.
0: Denise, a final question for you. We have local government elections on the way. If you as spokesperson for business in the city were able to speak directly to the new administration, we don't know who that's going to be. What message would you have for them?
1: I would appeal to them to... Uh, focus on having to restore instability in our city. We've had years of political instability, and I think that has affected the running of the city, where as business, um, we're not getting the services that we should be getting and what we're paying for, and our costs have increased because of the dysfunctionality of the municipality, and that's all directly linked to the politics. So I would request that whoever um, wins the elections or whoever the kingmakers end up being, that they um, put the citizens and uh, the stakeholders of the city first and and strive to get stability in place and take decisions that are in the best interest of all. Because we're really at rock bottom now and the only way we can go is up. And it's going to take political will and it's also going to take collaboration from all the stakeholders And I think we're at the point now where there's no point playing the blame game. We now need to find solutions to all these problems.
0: Thank you for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann, brought to you by the Herald newspaper. You can find out more at heraldlive.co.za. That was the CEO of Nelson Mandela Bay Business Chamber, Denise van Hastien. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Darren.
0: That was today's edition of Behind
2: the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.